So it's just um, your regular stories of the day. Right. But by using CG or AI or whatever, everyone has been replaced with cats. Oh, like there's photos with it. So, oh yeah, it's like um, a, a nightly news. Right. Or I'm sure now it'll be more likely to be a TikTok or Instagram right. or Short whatever. Short farm video. Yeah. So, but your anchor is a, a cat. Uh-huh. In like a pantsuit or whatever. Right. Yeah. As they do. All the footage and all the stories that you talk about, they have also been replaced w- with cats. So it'll be things that like, oh, it's like a, a dark story. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, we're going to touch in on the, the invasion of Ukraine. But everyone has been replaced with cats. Oh. And people would be like, oh, you're making light of it. You're just allowing people to get that information. You're like making it more accessible. Yeah. yeah. Because then it doesn't seem as bad to me. Because you get desensitized and then that kind of like trauma fatigue of, right. I can only care about so many things at yeah. once, but well, I'd like to know more about yeah. some a lot of things that sometimes I'm like, you know what, I can't deal with that right yeah. now. But if it was all cats, then I'd get the information and I would be better informed uh-huh. and it wouldn't weigh as heavily on me, perhaps. Uh, that makes sense. That seems like it would be really good for a lot of people who maybe don't like like to listen to the news like you said for the reasons of like you're just like trauma weary and like totally overwhelmed by even like hearing about it so you're not going to learn anymore about it because you're just like i can't i can't deal with that right now yeah i think that is a very good idea cnn the cat news network oh no that's taken knn the kitty news network kitty news network i love it all cats somebody uh get on that you Uh guys do it and then just like cut me in for 10% because I came up with it. Perfect. <laughs> uh, but we're going to actually start our podcast. Oh, do you yeah, want to kick it off doing. or do you want me to do it? I can do it. Hey, everyone. Hi. Welcome to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. I'm Samantha and that's Indy. Me. And we are here to talk about Barbie. It's finally happened. Barbie. Why did you bring this movie? I chose a theme of childhood nostalgia, and I think uh, Barbie fits very firmly into that um, theme because I grew up playing with Barbies. I had many Barbies, as I pointed out to you throughout the entire movie, I'm sure, in a completely non-annoying way. Um, And uh, I just felt like I wanted you to get into it because I know that you and I had very different childhoods. And so I was, I wanted to see if you'd like get in on the childhood nostalgia. Can I ask briefly, and we will get into the movie right away. How in your mind are our childhoods different? Of course, like I didn't do dolls. I was a pretty boyish boy. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. I didn't get effeminate until my teen years. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think I spent a longer time like being a young child. You were watching like horror movies at like six. That's true as well. And I was like fully into Barbie until I was like probably like nine or ten. And I feel like I wasn't like watching scary movies. I had no interest in watching things that were outside of like the rating guidelines for my age group. You know, when I was was, like a teenager, my favorite movie was like the Joy Luck Club. 
Yeah, so I, love that. I feel it's like still so good. maybe we didn't have very different childhoods, but I think we were just very different children. We did have different childhoods. And often when I tell you a story of my childhood, which I think is very fun, <laughs> you say, like, oh, that's so sad. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, also, you were the youngest of six siblings and yes. I was an only child. So it was it was very different in our environments as well, I think. And then in addition to you being excited about this movie because your own personal experience with Barbie, Mm -hmm. uh, the world exists. Yes. And have you in the last, let's say, 10 years, experienced more hype around a movie than this? I don't think like general hype, like everyone was so excited for this movie. Yeah. It felt like Every like group of people was talking about it. Different people who are usually into different genres who like wouldn't talk about the same kind of movies were talking about Barbie. Um, when my mom and I went and saw it, we wore pink because Barbie. And our server like stood there for five minutes and had like a full on conversation about Barbie with us and like how excited she was when she saw it and how much fun we were going to have. And just like it felt like every facet of my life was about Barbie for like a good three or four months. <laughs> Me too. And I hadn't even seen it. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know that I've ever come across a movie that has like captivated the world like this. Or at least our... Yeah, our area. Yeah. The Western world. <laughs> the Western world. Yes. I haven't lived in Asia in a while. I don't know if it got big over there. Hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Someone does. If you're in Actually, Asia, you could just look at the um, box office. Oh, I'm sure true. We could yeah, tell. true. Very true. But yeah, it was insane it was how colossal. big of a deal this was. Yeah. And that leads me to how to discuss this movie because I have a lot of fear in uh, my discussion. Because my other thing that I'm scared to talk about, and whenever you talk about Taylor Swift, I always just say, she is a great woman and a great musician. And I say nothing else. Because I have fear of um, Swifties. Right. They latch on and they attack. Yeah. So I'm scared of that. Right. Similarly, when I would mention to someone, oh, I hadn't seen Barbie yet. People would take that as a... Um, Personal attack. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to see it. I, I would like to see it. I've seen all of Greta Gerwig's movies. And then people are like, who the fuck's Greta Gerwig? I'm talking about Barbie. And I was like, oh, no, she yes. made the movie. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> people were um, uh, offended. And they everything in pop culture discussion is taking sides. Mm-hmm. And if you're not for it, you're against it. Right. And that's uh, troubling. That's problematic. And when sure. we started this podcast, my big thing was... I want to have this podcast to show that you can fundamentally disagree on what you like as far as movies or TV or music, and that doesn't matter. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. And then on episode like 10 or something, you did uh, Bride Wars, and I said, oh, this movie's terrible. And the response I got back was, you must beat your wife. What? People thought that I must be an abusive partner because I disagreed with you on a movie, which... You also said, yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. I agreed with you. Um, I'm just going to say right off the bat that I don't think that this movie negates all other movies. (laughs) 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 I think this was like a lot of fun. I think it was really well done and I, I, I do love it. But I don't think that like 
all the important works of cinema in the last hundred years are totally like blacked out by Barbie. Wow. Wow, Sam. You heard it. Samantha <laughs> Heath, anti-Barbie. And anti everything Barbie. Barbie stands for. In that same sentence, I literally said that I loved Barbie. <laughs> So you love this movie. I love this movie. Did you? I'm going to pull a Sam. I liked it. Okay. Okay. I liked it very much. Okay. And I feel like a bunch of this is due to expectations put upon it. Mm -hmm. And I try to be free from that when I watch movies. I don't yeah. watch trailers yeah, yeah. for anything. I just watch movies because I think I like it. Or someone said, you might like this or this is interesting. It doesn't even have to be like, this is a good movie. If someone says this is an interesting movie, mm -hmm. I will watch it. When we talk here too, it's kind of like we're in our own bubble. We're yeah. free from the outside we world. We don't, yeah. And this is the movie more so than any we've maybe ever done that you cannot be free from no. the outside world because no. people are uh, very much for it because it's a good movie. And then there's people who are very much against it because they're bad people usually. Yeah. Usually that's what it comes down to, right? <laughs> you can say like, ah, it's not good. And that's fine. Yeah. I respect that. But Absolutely. usually the people who are really angry about it, it's usually because they're dicks. Yeah. They're like, from liberated women. Women belong in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, those are the kind of people who are like, Barbie is the worst piece of film to come out. Yeah. But then I think there's a lot of people also who are like, oh, this is um, mock consumerist feminism. And I think there's a lot of uh, value in that opinion as well. But I see the look you're giving me and I'm not <laughs> going to do it. I'm not going to do all I of that. I wasn't giving you a look. Oh, there was a look. I was not giving you a look. But... If this was not a popular movie, if this was um, a made-for-TV or under-the-radar, like, hey, did you know that they made a Barbie movie? Mm -hmm. This would be the perfect type of movie that I would watch and be like, so you might think this is crazy, but they made a Barbie movie and there's some actual really good stuff in yeah, it. Yeah. That's what this movie seems like it should be. But when it comes out as... Um, Oscar nominations haven't come out yet, but I'm going to assume it's going to get nominated for Best I mean, Picture, Barbie Actor, Taylor Swift, Actress, all of that. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes out like that, it's hard to look at it in the same way. It can't just be like, oh, yeah, that was fine. And then that's the surprising good side. Mm -hmm. It has to, there's, a, I have a lot more expectations of this movie. Of course, yeah. Because I haven't stopped hearing how great of a movie this is. Right. So it couldn't, possibly live up to that unless it was one of the best movies I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. And even me saying like, oh, it's a good movie. I liked it. I feel people are going to be upset by that kind of reading even. Mm -hmm. So it just, it was kind of, I don't want to say doomed to fail because this is one of the most successful movies ever made, but right. kind of doomed to be disappointing to me. Right. I was worried about that. Because I feel like, yeah, there's like a lot riding on the shoulders of this and you going into it. I was worried that you'd be like, this is real dumb. I don't think it's real dumb. <laughs> I think that it has a lot of great stuff, but ultimately was not the most nuanced or complex. Mm -hmm. And when I say like, oh, yeah, this has very simplistic takes on a lot of things. And for a Best Picture nominee or winner, perhaps, we don't know where it's going, right. then that is a criticism. But mm -hmm. if you look at this as, 
oh, they made a movie about Barbie and it's a real fun kids movie. Then all the takes they have on this are fantastic and well thought out. Right. So it's it's tricky. What it reminds me of a lot is, oh, now I forget the name of the movie. Leonardo DiCaprio, the spinning dreidel thing. Christopher Nolan movie. There's worlds upon worlds of reality in people's dreams. Inception. Inception. Okay. Do you remember when Inception came out? Yes. I feel like And everyone men, was like, whoa, that's Inception. Right? Yeah. Everything was Inception. You're like, it's, it's, it's not. It's not. I don't even really But that movie had a huge is. amount of hype around it. It did, yes. And that was probably more a um, 18 to 25-year-old man hype. Yes, yeah. But still well-loved by many, many people. Yeah. And it's a good movie. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's not a great movie, but what it did was that movie brought a lot of more complex ideas that I'm familiar with in lots of movies because I watch mm-hmm. a lot of weird, lesser known, more experimental movies. Yeah, you're not like the big Hollywood blockbuster watcher. But for those types of things coming into a big Hollywood blockbuster, people are like, oh shit, movies can be complicated. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Yeah. I feel like Barbie is capitalizing in a similar way. And it's not saying that either of those movies are bad. I think they're both very good movies. Mm -hmm. It's saying that Barbie is doing things that, yes, many movies have done and have done better, but not movies that are also making a billion dollars. So a lot of movie watchers are not people who sit and host podcasts where they dissect movies, right? They go and see a movie. And when you're watching, let's say, every highest grossing movie of the year you're probably not getting something that has such a message as this movie does yeah so then it does seem like wow did you see what they did in this movie they came out and they talked about feminism openly that's amazing if that's one of your few experiences with that in cinema of course it is and i'm not gonna like degrade that because you haven't seen other movies But it just happens that the day before I watched Barbie, and we watched it just the other day, and we also didn't prepare notes. So this is a very different podcast. It is, because usually we'll sit down and we'll rewatch a little bit of it just to like, and I write an essay. And you write a full essay. And And I'm not going to do that because I don't want to talk about this movie as much. I want you to. (laughs) But here we are, and I'm monologuing already. No, I'm like really interested in this. So keep going. What was I talking about just a minute ago? The day before. We watched Barbie. I watched that, um, what's that guy's name? Alex Garfield? Alex Garner. The guy who did um, Ex Machina and some other good movies. Alex someone. His last movie is called Men. This might sound crazy because Men is a sometimes surrealist, horrific, disturbing horror movie. Right. Alex Garland. Alex Garland. Yeah. Um, That movie actually, I think has a very similar message at its core as Barbie does. Hmm. But that movie makes you work. It uses the language of cinema to convey those themes Mm -hmm. while Barbie tells it to you. Yeah. And just being like a movie nerd, I want to do that work. I want the movie to do the work of conveying the message rather than a character telling it straight to me. Right. But this movie is probably targeted. It's it's a kids movie, right? Is it a kids movie? I don't think it's a kids movie. Okay, well then I'm more critical. Then it's also for kids. Yes, but I think it's for people 
of like our generation and older who grew up with Barbies and always wondered like, what would Barbie and Ken be like in real life? True. I think, yeah, the core audience are people probably in their 30s who grew yeah. up with Barbie. But when I say something is a kid's movie, I don't mean that dismissively because I watch uh, half of the movies I watch are kids. movies. Yeah, yeah. I love kids movies. And by kids movies, I mean it's rated PG or G. Right. Kids can watch it and kids can understand it. Mm -hmm. And I think in that sense, it's a kid's movie. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And it's understandable by a younger audience. Yes, yeah. Because I think the themes of uh, expectations put upon women and the toxicity that the that I don't want to say the patriarchy because <laughs> that gets blown out a lot it in is, this movie. Yeah, yeah. But all of those themes, how it's presented in this movie would be understandable by a 12-year-old. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like some of it might go over their heads, but... But sometimes they just tell you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. There, There's just some things in there that I think touch a little bit harder when you're like the age that I am. Oh, sure. Of or course. older, right? Yeah, like, we're always going to get more or of course. different stuff and out like, of it. And like Disney has made a career of like making movies that adults can watch with like adult specific jokes, right? Yes. Like, so I do feel like there's some of the stuff in this is very applicable to like 25 and older. Um, but I do think that kids would enjoy this movie. Or maybe what I should say is you can get the messaging of this movie without having a one hour podcast discussion about it. Of course. You can just watch it and you can get it. Yeah. And I shouldn't say that is a shortcoming of this movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's all in that presentation. So if I think of it as a movie for a younger audience, then it's pretty great. Yeah. But when people are talking about it as one of the best movies ever made, then I'm like, oh, I don't think it is. I think the writing is uh, not Gerwig's best. Oh. I think her other projects were better. She wrote this with um, her partner, Noah Baumbach, who's also a, a really talented yeah. dude, director and writer. But her work here, I think, is much less nuanced than, than her previous films. Mm, okay. But it's more fun. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's part of that trade-off. Yeah, I think so. And I think... I keep saying nostalgia, but I feel like she was hitting real hard on the nostalgia. Definitely. And I feel like a nostalgia like Barbie doesn't need Little Women or I can't name another Greta Gerwig film now. Lady Bird. <laughs> Lady Bird. I don't think we need that level of like drama or complexity in order to like have a fun movie about Barbie. Yeah. So I think that's that's what I'm talking about. Those expectations. Yeah, absolutely. From her previous work, from the hype around this movie, I'm expecting so much. Had I gone into it thinking like, oh, did you know they made a movie about Barbie? Yeah. And then I saw this, I'd be like, wow, that's they really did some really interesting stuff with that movie. Yeah, but you don't have an escape from... Like if you're living in the world about yeah. knowing about this movie. Mm -hmm. And I did the best that I could in order to not basically see the whole movie on the internet. You you won't believe this. I hadn't seen a second of moving video of this movie before we watched it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I spend much more time on TikTok than you do. So, but I feel like um, it was just like, absolutely everywhere in my world like the music the costumes the like documentary on making this movie and like 
like all the really cool like costuming things which I thought was really interesting which we'll talk about but like I just tried not to consume those medias until I'd actually seen it and I think I actually saw it like a month after it came out I feel like I went into this without knowing 60% of it which I think is like a really good amount for how much it was like around in my world in the pre-episode, when you mentioned something, oh, and then they go into the real world, I didn't even know that was going to happen oh, until you told me. I'm sorry. I ruined <laughs> that for you. But um, I didn't really think about the fact that, yeah, you wouldn't have seen as much about this as I did. But yes, for this entire summer, everything has been Barbie. It really was. It was. Yeah. We had a Barbie-themed cheer practice this fall. <laughs> I own several Barbie-themed things because people gave them to me as gifts. Yes. I did not get the references until now. (laughs) India's job is just van. My job is just books. (laughs) But yeah, so I feel like um, just some things that happened in the last like four months make a lot more sense now. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm getting, I'm retroactively getting a lot of jokes suddenly. (laughs) I love that. I love that you were able to go into this without like any knowledge other than what I kind of told you in the pre-episode. So we kind of spent this whole time setting it up. Yes, yeah. And me couching my expectations. And that was a very, very long-winded way of saying like, yeah, it was a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it a lot. (laughs) It was very Samantha of you. (laughs) Where do you want to start? Let's talk about the movie like as a whole. Like, let's start with like the look of the movie. Right. And I know you more so than me really pay attention to costuming. And I think I do. There aren't many movies that that's as important to as this one. Oh, absolutely. So I think I said this in the pre episode, but one thing that I really appreciated is that the um the costuming are things that were released as Barbie clothes other than like a few like pieces that are central to the plot. And um, when my mom and I went and saw it, Alan, played by Michael Sarah, is wearing this like stripy beach shirt, shorts, and like slides basically. Um, and my mom was like, I had that exact Alan. That was the Alan that I had. And she was like so nostalgic about it and she was so excited to see that on screen and um I think it's things like that that really appeal to this like huge broad like decades of ages of this audience and I just absolutely appreciated the little details of um like the shoes and the hair and like how like what hair accessories they would have would that be would that be like doable on a plastic doll? And so I felt like they really paid attention to the details of Barbie. And I mean, with Mattel on board, of course, you have access to the full like back catalog of Barbie and everything. But I um, I just like was really, really hoping for that. And I like was not disappointed <laughs> at all. Um, I watched a like behind the scenes like making of with the um the person in charge of like wigs and hair and stuff for the movie and they spent like six months figuring out what barbie blonde was for this movie for margot robbie and they said it's like just a tinge of pink in there and like it's like they went through like every shade of blonde you could ever have and she said that she wore like 
so many hair extensions and like wigs and upon wigs upon wigs and these hair pieces were just built so meticulously and I think it I think it paid off in the movie what did you think of the look of the movie the costuming definitely brings especially when they're in a Barbie world Barbie land Barbie land when they're in a Barbie land it it just finishes mm-hmm. that look the um set design and the costuming and how everything looks there, especially when we get to the real world and we see the contrast uh-huh. there. That looked fantastic. Yeah. Everything's very rounded and like plastic looking, yeah. which is perfect. And I love the scale, how they played with the scale of everything, yes. that the Barbies are larger than a human would be for yes. all of those things. That yeah. was really fun because it was just like the toys, right? Barbie is just like a little bit too big for all of her stuff. Um but yeah, I thought that that was really great. And I really liked the addition of Helen Mirren as the narrator because she kind of bridges the gap of some questions that you have while you're watching it. Like, you don't walk Barbie down the stairs. That was like the first thing that I was like, you don't. You just put her down on the floor that you want. And so, you know, all of a sudden she's in her bedroom and then she goes into her car and she just she's in her car. And you don't, like, take the time, like, walking her down the stairs and, like, opening the car door and, like, putting her in. And I just felt like acknowledging those things, which are such a, like, fundamental part of, like, playing with Barbies, really just, like, made it that much better for me. And when they bring the heels touching the ground as a central plot point that's a good one too right because that's something that's so iconic of the the barbie dolls is that they're always wearing heels so their feet are always like that and for a while it seemed like this movie was directed by tarantino there were so many foot shots in there but then when it changes and they're taking something that was just look it's a little reference to the real barbie isn't that clever and you get a, a lot of that but that's not enough so then they were able to make that a central plot point as well absolutely absolutely and yeah you see these like like the shot of her taking her like shoes off and her feet stay like that and you're like that's barbie that's the one and so i thought that that was really cool too i just think it's so funny the line where she says like once her feet are flat and she's got heels on, she's like, if my feet were shaped like this, I would never wear heels. <laughs> and I'm like, yup. <laughs> that is uh, totally true of like, just like being a woman in the world is like, why do I wear these shoes? Um, but yeah, it was like little touches like that that just made her so much more believable. Um, did you notice throughout the movie, um, the journey like her hair goes on? Probably not in the same way that you did. I noticed that it starts out very perfect yeah, and less so throughout. Yeah. As she gets more human, her hair gets more human. Mm-hmm. And that's showing just how she's detached, slowly detaching from Barbie land and becoming Barbara Handler or I think that was her name in the real world in the end. But um, you slowly see her hair get less and less perfect and then like thinner and more human-like as the movie goes on and as she gets closer to just being a human in the world, which I thought was like a very cool journey um, and a very cool way to like denote that her journey is happening in this way. One small criticism I have is... I loved at the beginning when there was that stark contrast with the real world. But then there's a bunch of times in the real world where it is not the real world. Like what? 
like all of the Mattel stuff when they're doing that chase scene when they're just running in place and yeah. stuff and everyone there is acting like a, a toy or something. I think Mattel is supposed to be like an extension of Barbie land a little bit. Hmm. Like it's kind of half real world, half Barbie land. Yeah, that seemed And that they're like odd. working kind of half in and half out. And when they would do those kind of fourth wall breaks when Will Ferrell says like, get him businessman number two. I wish they didn't do that because you already have a fantasy world. Yeah. Keep the fantasy in the fantasy world. That only convolutes things a little bit. I really liked the look of this movie. And the real world, they do a really good job of like, it looks real. Like, I feel like there's a lot of movies out there that like, you're like, okay, well, that would never actually look like that. So like, it's clearly not the real world, but like Venice Beach and like all of those different things and like the school and everything, it looked real to me. At first, when they go to the beach, I thought like, oh, they've really desaturated this. And then I realized, no, it just looks like that when it was in comparison to Barbie world. Right. Barbie land. Barbie land. Kendom. Right. <laughs> Who was your favorite character or performance in this? Was it Margot Robbie? I think like obviously Barbie and Ken um, because they're the titular characters. But I really liked um for in like like ken's i really liked alan and um simu liu who played tourist ken slash rival ken i i feel like i have such like a male take on this but man i thought the kens were they got the jokes though mm -hmm. because barbie has to be kind of like the straight man yeah of the movie so she's not written to have the joke. So it's not like Margot Robbie didn't do well with what she had. She just yeah. didn't have that kind of stuff. No, so and that wasn't the Ken character. Ken had the chance, Gosling especially, had the chance to do so much good stuff. And then Simu Liu had not nearly as much screen time, but man, he was oh, man, amazing he... every time he was on screen. I just love and how Alan he's... was hilarious Alan every time was he was great. on screen. I loved how Simu Liu was just constantly like poking at, Ryan Gosling, just, yeah. just constantly, just like, oh, oh, are you getting mad? Oh, why are you getting upset? Oh, are you getting emotional? And it was just like totally what those, like some of those moments needed was just like a little bit of funny stuff happening. Um, and then Alan, I just love like. He was hilarious. He, like, of Michael, course, he was just playing himself. Yeah. But he's, he's a real Alan. I guess. Yeah. And I just think it's funny how they treated some of these like one-off um characters like midge yeah though that was funny <laughs> and it's just like yeah we never made another midge because like nobody wants a pregnant doll and like alan is just alan we never made another alan and it's just like these one-off characters like video barbie and like just you get this like touch on so many different things and there was a few times while we were watching it that i was like i had that barbie um and uh, i feel like they did a really good balance of like, here's Barbie's greatest hits, as well as like... Some deep cuts. Yeah, some deep cuts for sure. And as well as like keeping the story like moving along. So yeah, I, uh, I definitely loved that portion of the movie where you get to see these like deep cut Barbies of like video Barbie and sugar daddy Ken. Right. And... Like, you 
get to have the like real world reaction to some of those too. Like when the daughter is like sugar daddy, why is that appropriate? Or the Ken with the earring who in this movie, because everyone said like, oh, that's the gay Ken. Yeah. And then in the movie, yep, he was. Yeah. He's like magic earring Ken. Mm -hmm. And just like some of these doof cuts, uh, I just liked that we also had the people from the real world like reacting to them kind of like alongside of you. Mm -hmm. And um, I found that like a really fun way to like be like, yeah, what were they thinking with some of these dolls and like very clearly misguided marketing attempts and stuff like that, that, you know, any company has, but it's just funny to like make light of them. Did you have a favorite Barbie and Ken or Kent? Oh, in this? I've got to go with Alan. Alan. Go with my boy Alan. Alan. Ryan Gosling has gotten a lot of praise and people are like, oh, he's going to win an Oscar for this. I don't want to say it was bad or anything, but so much more of this movie was unhinged than I was expecting. Like it was yeah. insane a lot. And Gosling oscillating between all of these emotions, sometimes within 10 seconds mm -hmm. was so much to take in that I'm not sure if it was brilliant or insane, but I think that is worth a, a rewatch. Yeah. Um, like the big dance battle that they have with the song. That was some of the best stuff. Oh, I think. it was fantastic. The sequence when they're wearing all black and they're on the soundstage. Yeah. That I think was... That might have been my favorite part of the movie. Oh, man. I thought so, that was brilliant. In the pre-episode, I mentioned that I was like laughing, crying, and like screaming at the same time. And that's when that happened, was when all of the like Kens were singing I'm Just Ken, and there's like the dance battle happening, and like just everything that happens in that scene is just gold, I think. It, it was. But I was meaning more when Ken is kind of... He's experiencing so many emotions for the first time, and he's just all over the place. He's mm -hmm. kind of full of rage sometimes. He's looking for approval constantly. There was a lot for him to work with. Yes. While Margot Robbie, I feel like, she, of course, uh, central and carries the movie along, mm -hmm. doesn't get those extremes nor the comedy that Gosling has written for him. True. Very true. Yeah. She definitely has like a range of emotions that she goes through and you get to kind of see them from her point of view in a nice way because she's like, there's no water in Barbie land. So of course she can't cry and Barbies don't use the bathroom and like, you know, so you get like all of these firsts for her in the real world. And I really liked the way that they played that, but I loved how Ken goes through all of these emotions like when margot robbie sits down to try and like visualize where her little girl is um and ken's like going for a walk <laughs> like i'm so bored when people think and like he's like a like a petulant child and she's like yeah go he's like i'm going this way and she's like okay like go and then yells after him like don't go too far and he's like fine <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there's like moments like that where you kind of see Barbie and Ken come to like the real world and you get to see them like experience these emotions for the first time mm -hmm. or like situations even. And taken out of Barbie land, you kind of see just how dependent Ken is on Barbie. It was fun to see the kind of diverse casting in all of the Barbies yeah. as well. Although you got to say like our world is... I, what is it like 70% of all humanity is 
India, Pakistan, Indonesia, China, Japan. Yeah. Like all there. Uh, Barbie world, not so much. No. Maybe 1%. I feel like they could have done a better job with that for sure. Um, but I did like how diverse the casting was for sure. Could have been more diverse. But I did like uh, just all of the different faces you got instead of making them all like original Barbie looking mm-hmm. like Marco Robbie. Although that would have been fun too if they were all like essentially clones but slightly different because there's a lot of actresses who are very popular right now who look I often mistake for Margot Oh absolutely Robbie. yeah. So that would have been fun too but yeah. that's a whole different thing. Well, it's like when we were looking up um like uh the Golden Globe nominees and there's like, it looks like was one it picture. best supporting actor? It was all of them. Then it's like is this just the same man in four different lightings mm-hmm. and like styled differently each way? Like it was very confusing. So I, I feel like that could have been a way to go with this, but I do appreciate what they did with the casting for this. What did you think of Weird Barbie? It's been the last three Kate McKinnon movies I've seen. Haven't liked her performance and oh. I do like her. Maybe I'm changing my mind because I, I nope, didn't care for it. Oh, I just like, oh, look, she's doing the splits again. How about on that wall? How about on this wall? This movie a lot does um, drive things into the ground. (laughs) It makes one joke and you're like, that's a good joke. And then it keeps going and you're like, okay, it's less funny. Then it comes around to being funny again, but then they keep going. Uh Like I felt there was 20 minutes of hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. And that was funny. And then it got not funny. And then it got funny again. And then it got really not funny. Yeah. I feel, yeah, they could have used a few different jokes. Yeah. I don't know um, about Kate McKinnon's delivery in a lot of this. It seemed less uh, weird Barbie and more television quirky Barbie. Hmm. Did you like hers? I did like hers because I feel like everybody who had Barbies had a weird Barbie. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea that someone that has been played with so much that they look like... Um, I I thought because I knew multiple people who dressed as weird Barbie for yes. Halloween. and now it all makes I sense. I thought they were all uh, Cynthia from Rugrats, right. who is essentially a weird, a weird Barbie. Barbie who yeah. was played with too hard. Yeah. Um, I thought that the inclusion of her as like someone with more knowledge was really good because the whole like joke is that weird Barbie has been through a lot. Yeah. And I feel like because of that, she's been two more places like more rooms than original Barbie has in the house. And I also think that then she has like more knowledge of the world based on that. And I just love, I enjoyed Kate McKinnon's delivery of this because it was supposed to be real weird and I think she did a good job with it. But um, I don't know. I I thought it was appropriate. I like the writing of it. I didn't love the performance of it. Yeah. I felt like her hair could have been weirder. Yeah. I feel like they Half gave of her, it should have been shaved. They gave her like really pretty hair, but still like a mohawk. And I, I just feel like they could have gone a little farther with that for sure with the amount of hairdressing that they did for this movie. I think that's like the casting too, of like, we're going to put someone real weird. How about Kate McKinnon, who's like still standardly pretty. Yeah. But yeah, relative to some of the other people, she's the weird one. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the funniest bits to me was the almost inciting incident of like, 
do you ever think about dying? Yes. Because I was like, oh, she's like me at a party. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. And then when they changed the lyrics of the pink song, oh, it says, and K is for death. The bad day version. Yeah. That was <laughs> one of the funniest bits as well. I'm like, that's the number one thing I'm sad about this movie is that they, they obviously released a soundtrack for this because it's got quite a few like original songs for this movie. Um, they released the like good day version from the beginning of the movie, but they didn't release the bad day version. Which oh, is, that's like, a missed opportunity. The best part. Yeah. Like for the songs of this movie, other than like, I'm just Ken. And I just was so sad because I'm like, yeah, we all have days like that. And I feel like that would be a really good like soundtrack to a day like that. And um, yeah, they just they didn't release it as part of the soundtrack. So maybe they're going to do like an extended release or something. But maybe I just uh, I was a little sad that I couldn't go listen to the bad day version. I would buy an Irrepressible Thoughts of Death Barbie. Yes, or Proust Barbie. Oh, yeah. I was saying like, (laughs) oh, that one's marketed at me. (laughs) (laughs) I wish, though, because at the beginning in those first 20 minutes when we're all in Barbie land, we spent so much time on the same couple of jokes, which I wish they had done more of showing the routine and the sameness and they do it of course Mm -hmm. but i feel like that's something that could be hammered home a little more and then we get that idea of this utopia which is in fact dystopian because it's so similar and so perfect that's something that they kind of toy with but don't really ever explore fully and i think there's a lot of that just because there's so much that they're trying to do in this movie that a lot of ideas just get kind of briefly put out there and then we're on to the next thing yeah i do think they could have driven the sameness home um in the beginning as well um and i feel like at the end of the movie when she's like every night didn't have to be girls night we only see one night at the beginning of the movie right so we don't know that every night is girls night and she doesn't really say that at the beginning of the movie that's like every night doesn't have to be girls night is not really said at the beginning of the movie in so many words so i felt like that was something that definitely could have been focused on a little bit more show us a few of those parties or like show the barbies having a sleepover and like i feel like the only way that we really figure out that like barbie really only cares about the barbies is that when she's asked by um the daughter like where does where do the kens live and barbie's like i actually don't know you then get an idea of that but that's like three quarters of the way through the movie so i think the high barbie sequence which i said goes on for too long (laughs) i think that's what that was trying to do Mm -hmm. trying to show you that it's the same every day and it's about Barbie. Right. But I don't think it's the best way to have done that, perhaps. Yeah. I would have liked if, like, every night is girls' night is, like, a central problem in Barbie and Ken's relationship. I would have liked to see a few more girls' nights. And even just quickly, like, sleepover Barbie, which was a thing. Um, And, like, the dance party and, like, her saying goodnight to Ken and basically just like kicking all the Kens out so that they can have like a girl's night. I just think that that would have been a little bit more sensical if they just included a little bit more of that. It's funny that it starts out with that 2001 kind of parody. Yes. And there's a lot of sci-fi stuff in here. And that is kind of a glimpse into the kind of the dark 
undercurrents of this movie because mm-hmm. we don't get that on the surface, but there's some of that stuff there, clearly. Like we have that at the beginning. And if you're not familiar with 2001, it's about uh, humanity using tools. And the first thing they do with those tools is is kill. Right. And here we have, it was revolutionary for the Barbie because it's, before that, you're just baby dolls because yeah. you are a mom. That's what you're being yeah. trained to be. And here we're showing the Barbie is maybe not initially, but that was kind of the the goal later on as they kept making all the different professions. Like, mm-hmm. look at all these other things you can do. So I liked that bit. There was the Matrix bit with the, the shoes. It just went a little long, but it was a, a funny bit. So we should get into the going into the real world and Ken bringing back just the patriarchy patriarchy yes has something to do with horses yeah (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was so funny um yeah guess what were your first thoughts when they went to the real world it again was so simplistic Uh and i guess that goes back to the beginning like maybe you need to be we're targeting this at a younger audience but it seems like a tv show's take on feminism in 2010 Okay. You're walking down the street and uh, people are catcalling you and slapping you on the butt. I feel like we've gotten to a place where we're a little more nuanced in what we think just quotation capitalized the patriarchy means. Right. But this movie is, yeah, it's it's taking a little more of a simplified look at it, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, um, they, I agree. I think they may have put that bit of like arriving at Venice Beach and going up to the construction site and them like each having some sort of like lewd comment to make about Barbie. I felt like that was a little bit too, too much. Like it was a little thick on the application of that. Like it seems like a Saturday Night Live sketch of like, what if Barbie went in the real world? Yeah. It, it seemed a little hacky. A little, it was a little much. I definitely think that the, basic knowledge of the patriarchy that Ryan Gosling gets in the real world is like kind of what a child would pick up about the patriarchy. Right. And like, if you aren't familiar with the patriarchy, which I feel like adults are familiar with the patriarchy, but like if you're trying to just talk about the patriarchy as like an abstract thing, Ken kind of picks up on some of the like really funny parts of the patriarchy like the horses and just like men being in charge of everything and like it's just really funny the pieces that he brings back to ken kendom um of like the boys clubhouse and bring me a brewski beer yeah and, that was all that was really fun. and horses and just like the way that the kens adopt patriarchy as an idea in kendom that um it would be like if you explained it to like a six-year-old and you're like okay there's this thing called the patriarchy and i'm going to show you this video like the video that he watches in the on the main floor of the like the office building and then like tell me what you think the patriarchy is and i feel like that's what ken comes up with (laughs) absolutely and That's one of those points where it's a little confusing to me what the filmmakers are are going for, because clearly he has an oversimplified view of of everything, especially that. And it's it's, um, a point of comedy because he's 
horses, Mojo Dojo Casa House, yeah, all of that yeah. kind of silliness. So that's really fun. And then he goes up to people and is saying like, oh, give me a job. I am a man. And then they're like, no, of course not. Like, so let me do just one appendectomy. <laughs> so it's clear that him just saying the patriarchy is oversimplifying things. Yeah. But then the movie also does that. Yeah. So that's one of those points where like, which side of this are we kind of going for? Yeah. Because we're making fun of oversimplification, but then we are also oversimplifying. Yeah, that's a good point. But um, it was one of the funniest bits. It was. It was. And when you get to see like President Barbie and like Supreme Court Barbies and like Judge Barbie and like everything um, being like, I like to be a helpful decoration. <laughs> like that was my other big question. So he comes back and tells everyone about how it is over there. Yeah. And then the Barbies, they keep say they say later that they've been brainwashed. But uh-huh. is his brainwashing just saying like, this is how things are and then they all just do it because we don't see that and no. it it suggests some very troubling things which i'm sure that's not what they're going for because it's kind of suggests that like if you just tell women this they will be subservient i was like that's not what we're going for here but it i don't know what they were going for there yeah i guess i didn't really realize that yeah you never actually see why the barbies are brainwashed mm-hmm. and i get that that's probably just being symbolic of uh, women who grow up under the same yeah. rules and stipulations are unwitting participants in it and are also perpetuating those things mm-hmm. for their own advancement, but to the detriment of others. I think that is a a, a try-hard reading of it, <laughs> but I don't know how much of that came through because everyone just kind of does it and then they need a speech to to snap them out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was that. It is a little confusing now that you mention it. I definitely think that that is something that they could have spent like a little bit more time on. Of like, how did they get brainwashed? How did they get unbrainwashed? Other than this like speech that America Ferrera gives, but like, tell me a little bit more about that instead of doing twenty minutes of high Barbie. The speeches were an issue for me because there they were moments where I'd be like, yes, and you want to like stand up and of applaud. Course. But then they were also like, this is not a good plot convention. This is very <laughs> clunky and heavy handed. Yeah. Just because you're right doesn't mean you're doing it well. Yeah. I liked it because it kind of spoke to being a woman in today's day and age. And I maybe didn't see it as as clunky as maybe you did but i i definitely thought it was like a great addition to this movie because we are talking about like gender roles and the patriarchy whatever loose patriarchy we're using in this and like also just how it is to just be a woman today yeah i think the speeches were well written and correct and Mm. reflective of our world but using a speech as a plot convention was iffy. Okay. It, it works as a speech, but I don't know how well it worked as a plot contrivance okay. to unbrainwash people. Because I guess I think what they're going for then is 
like the knowledge is power. Knowing this is a part of the battle to overcoming it. But then yeah. it's also like, so you just tell people what the deal is and then everyone's better. Yeah. Which is not the case at all. But I don't have a better one because I haven't written this movie. So yet. now that we're like sitting here picking apart the movie, I am also thinking that like, the whole point of the beginning of the movie and Barbie going to the real world and not understanding anything about the real world, like that speech wouldn't work on the Barbies of Barbie land. Right. Because they don't But they've know. been corrupted by the real world. So True. they could be undone by real world messaging. Yeah. Perhaps. I just like, I'm thinking now, I'm like, they don't know about fat versus skinny. They don't know about like being a woman and trying to like break the glass ceiling or like being enough and that kind of thing. I I feel like that wouldn't work on them because they've never experienced that up until now. So now I'm thinking about that and I'm like, okay, that's definitely like a weird plot hole. But then if, again, none of this is explored nearly as much, but if the way they deal with the patriarchy, (laughs) it is a magical device. Yeah. Because Gosling can brings it in and it magically hypnotizes everyone. Yeah. So therefore, maybe the magic of the patriarchy can be undone with an impassioned speech. Yeah. Maybe Again, just like... like it's one where like, you're right, but I don't think it's good in a movie. Okay. How it's done. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know that I had sat and thought as critically, I think, as you do about this movie until now. And I feel like... It was an odd way to go about that. Loved the speech, though. Yeah. Thought it was great. Me too. Still think it's great. My favorite moments were um, the song, the Bad Day version, Mm -hmm. the Ken dance-off, and when America Ferreira's character, who I already forgotten her name, (laughs) but she has the one speech, not the one we're thinking of, but when she's talking about to her daughter in the Chevy EV, whatever. Man, there were some Chevy product shots all over this movie. Totally. But then they turned it into turbo mode and they're able to get away, even though they're being pursued by a lovely Chevy Suburban or whatever. (laughs) Um, Gloria her name is Gloria but when she is talking to her daughter I was like oh this is a movie about mothers and daughters Mm -hmm. briefly it was and I loved that oh I wanted more of that I was like choking back tears at the end of that when um Ruth Handler Rita Perlman is the other mother daughter the other mother daughter when she's saying like Mothers stand still so daughters can see how far they've come. And that like, was brilliant. I watched this movie both times with my mom, other than this time when we watched it. Um, and I was like sobbing and like holding her hands while we were watching this. And we were both like very emotional about it. And I just think that they did a really good job of like stopping all the bright colors and everything for that moment by putting it in this like weird memory bank mm-hmm. area. I don't know how else to describe that, but like it's basically she's a memory. And I just like thought that that was such a good way to wrap up this like mother daughter portion of the movie. That was one of the few lines I actually have written down. And it was like modern feminism reckoning with second wave feminism Uh for all you, you know, scholarly nerds (laughs) like myself who like reading a lot of that sort of stuff. It was like, yeah. And 
looking back at the legacy of Barbie, right? Mm. There, it's like, yeah, not everything was perfect. No, but look at the things we've done. We yeah. were trying, and we did these things. And this movie, and I know the cynical part of me, the anti-corporate part of me, is like, this movie is a commercial. The yeah. entire thing is a big giant commercial, and and it is it sure, is. <laughs> but. Uh, to its credit, it is not shying away from all of the issues around Barbie. In yeah. fact, it is it's tackling them head on. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's glossing over things. Oh, and yes, course, everything course. is painted in a very positive light. And I wouldn't say that there's any particularly scathing criticism in here. But it's not shying away from it. No. And I think for a movie that is a, a big budget studio funded by all of these big companies... It didn't shy away from things, and I think I can give it credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. I really liked the way that they used Sasha, the the daughter. Um, I really liked the way they used her of, like, pointing out these things that, like, aren't so great about Barbie. And that, like, way that they did that so that they could kind of talk about it a little bit even though they like yeah they glossed over like a lot of the really hard things but she brings stuff up that people I'm sure have been thinking about Barbie for years and is kind of the the like voice of reason in a few scenes I thought that initially and I was like oh yeah she's saying things that a lot of us are thinking but the way that it's framed she's she's the bully in that scene Mm -hmm. She is making our hero cry. Yeah. So that makes me think less of, look, this movie is showing both sides of it. And it made me think a little bit more of like, oh, if you're that critical, you're being mean. Oh, because Yeah, I didn't at first either. But she takes it far, too. Yeah. She's not just saying you set unrealistic body image examples for everyone. She goes, you fascist and barbie starts crying i think if you're calling the hero of the movie a fascist and bullying them into crying you are not meant to be looked upon as the voice of reason that's fair so i think that's making her be like oh i and again this sounds very cynical now but later when she's saying like oh that crazy woman no not crazy that um reality challenged person or whatever it was i kind of seemed to me like they were doing a bit of um like oh these kids these woke kids woke today kids. you know how like they talk commentary on wokeness and i thought like that's an you shouldn't be framing this person as a negative you should be framing this yeah. person as a voice of reason or at least a differing opinion that her and her mother can then reconcile later yeah and i don't know if they did that entirely but again i'm being very picky in that and that's something for maybe a movie that wants to tackle things a little more yeah yeah this one's definitely like still very like pink and bubbly and like fun yeah it it is but it is at least addressing these issues Mm -hmm. it's not shying away from it i of course me being someone who's like yeah reads a lot of feminist (laughs) literature and who's very anti-corporate yeah is going to say, like, you could have done so much more. Of course, of course. But this is a money-making movie, and the fact that they are at least bringing it up, I think, is is a victory. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think they very easily could have just made the shiny, sparkly pink movie without any of the, like, depth that this movie 
brings, whether that's like super, super deep or like kind of shallow, but still I feel like it touches on a lot of really important things. Um, and I agree. I think they could have gone deeper and maybe that wouldn't have been this movie then. But yeah, I mean, there's still so many things that they can touch on that they didn't. Um, and like there have been scandals in Barbie's past. Like That brings me to the other thing, which... At first, I loved and then quickly started taking issue with. And that is, if you just make a joke out of the problem, it's not a problem anymore. Mm. Like early on, there's one where they're talking about, so the real world and the Barbie world, is it like a different dimension? Is it just a different part of our mind? And everyone's like, yep. And the fact that they say like, you know what, we're not getting into all of that. I thought that was great. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to ask any questions either because you're not interested in that. That's fine. I'm not I, anymore yeah. either. And that's a fun way to deal with that. And then when they're like, oh, Barbie, she's not pretty anymore. I know we shouldn't have Margot Robbie playing her yeah. in that case. And you're like, yeah. Then it starts kind of fading away that you can't have it both ways. Hmm. You can't do something that you as a movie are saying is wrong, but then you point it out. So then it's cool. Yeah, that's a, a fair observation. Um, it's kind of like, do you remember the ending of her version of Little Women? It's, I'm vaguely. not going to give anything it's away if years, you haven't. Yeah. Um, I thought it was either brilliant or a total cheat. And it could be both. But I, I won't talk about it too much. But it was Gerwig trying to have things both ways. By saying, here's a new feminist reading. Also, here's the classic reading. You take your pick. And I was like, that's clever. It's bringing it to a new generation. But also, you're not picking one. You're letting us have both and trying to have things both ways. And this movie points out all of the kind of anti-feminist stuff, like the company itself. But then this is also made by that company. Mm -hmm. It says, oh, um, Mattel has a board of all men and hasn't had a female CEO for more than like a couple years, 20 years ago. But it's a joke. Yeah. You're like, but that's also true. That's the truth. Yeah. They do have a board of all men and haven't had a female CEO, CEO in so long. But if they're pointing it out, then you're like on their side because mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, we see it's a problem, but you're not doing anything about it. You're kind of having it both ways. Like, yes, we are this company. Yes, we have famously bad working conditions <laughs> for women but you know barbie yeah so that stuff kind of made me like a little uh wary of some of the other points then and mm -hmm. the fact that they just do the pointing it out so it's cool like right. we, we see the problem here yeah and that's part of that discussing things and putting it out there and since that's more than pretty much every other movie does we're mm -hmm. like, that's progress. But is it? It is. It is. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be like too cynical because I am about anything corporate. But, but just joking about how you have bad hiring practices for women doesn't solve the problem. Right. Okay. So I often hesitate to bring you movies that I like really, really love because I don't want you to oh, like no. ruin them for me. That's not ruining it though, okay. is it? But big, but. big but here. I'm. I was really interested to hear your take on this movie because I feel like I was 
like a hundred percent the target audience for this. Sure. And I feel like all the flashing lights and the pink and the glitter and the like beautiful hair and everything was just like totally distracting to me. So I was really interested to hear kind of what your thoughts on it were as someone who is very much not the target demographic. And I think, I think it was worth it. (laughs) You're pointing things out that like, if I had not been like a Barbie lover in the heyday of Barbie, um, I would have noticed. I would have watched this film like more critically. Mm-hmm. And I think I went into this being like, I had that Barbie. I had that Barbie house. I had that car. Like, I feel like the nostalgia kind of overwhelmed me. And I didn't see a lot of this stuff underneath. Because I agree with you. Mattel is problematic. And I agree with you. That's not a great take on patriarchy. And I agree with you that like feminism is so much more than they show in this movie. And I think that there are so many things that they could have done better and differently and like showed us. But because you're not the target demographic for Barbie, you can see all that stuff. And because I grew up in this like time that they're really making nostalgic, I didn't see any of that. And it's really interesting to me to like hear all of this because I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. As you're like breaking down all this stuff, I'm like, absolutely. And I like, I really agree with that. And I like totally think that too. But I did not see that when I have seen this movie three times. I made a point of not (laughs) sitting and thinking about this movie because I didn't want to like ruin this movie that you clearly love. (laughs) But in all of these things, what I'm saying, oh, they could have done this. They could have done this. They did work. Oh, yeah. This movie did a lot of that more than the vast majority of movies. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone who like seeks out like, oh, who's a uh, a good feminist film theorist right now and what are they watching? Yeah, maybe it doesn't hold up to that stuff. Yeah. But for a, a billion dollar popcorn movie, they are tackling issues that most movies stay away from. Yeah, absolutely. And their whole thing is... Yes, we're not dodging problematic questions. We're not providing an answer, but we are exploring it. We are opening Mm -hmm. it up for discussion. And that, I would say, is a big victory for a movie like this. If this movie makes a child go like, what is the patriarchy? Good. This movie has done its job. So that you can have discussions about that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think that is... The issue with just how we consume media, it's you agree or you do not, you are for it or you are against Mm -hmm. it. And there aren't a lot of people who are watching it and then doing what we're doing of like, wow, look at all these great things they've done. Look at all these things they could have done better. Mm -hmm. That's We don't like to live in those gray areas. We don't like to have a lot of nuance to our politics or our our art, the way we consume Mm -hmm. media. We don't like that nuance. I love it. I think every movie is terrible in some ways and brilliant in other <laughs> ways. That's why I can watch so many bad movies and be like, yeah, but look at that. Yeah. I, I find something I like in all movies, but in something like this, I'm going to find some things that I don't think are great. And it's it's a good movie, but there's always like there's always more people can do. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. And like, I, I'm not <laughs> trying to bash you and say that you like ruin all my favorite movies. I just Except mean, for Bride Wars. No, it was not. No, I thought I liked it. Did not actually like it. <laughs> uh, let's stop talking about Bride Wars forever. But when we did um, <laughs> bring it on, yeah, I talked about that as being a brilliant feminist movie. And you're like, no, I don't see all that. So <laughs> it goes both ways. It does. It does. Um, I like really appreciate all of your thoughts on this movie because it's definitely not how I watch this movie. And I think that, um, this is going to be a really good episode because of that. (laughs) Oh, I thought this was a disjointed and all over the place because I didn't spend any time thinking about it. No. But like, I like these discussion ones we have. Yeah. And I, I feel like this isn't like... One where I'm like so heavily attached to it that I like can't see reason. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's totally true. And like I can see reason. But I also still think that this is like a fantastic movie and I love it so much. But (laughs) Good. I'm glad you do. (laughs) I, I do appreciate you pointing out some of those like other things that I just like didn't even think about because all I could think about was how good I'm just can is in the dance battle scene. Yeah. <laughs> and like just how funny some of the quips are. Um, I also just wanted to like make a special mention of like, if you watch this movie after having watched it and listened to our podcast, watch it just for the background, just the things that are happening in the background. Cause there's like a whole other movie going on back there and everyone has something going on in the background. And I just think it's so fantastic the way that these, um, like secondary actors are doing just like the most in the background. And it's so fantastic. There's a lot of good people in the background. Oh yeah. And just like people are having like full on relationships and like storylines in the background of this movie. And I just think it's like so great that they included all of that in it because I feel like there are some, I don't know a lot about Greta Gerwig, probably like, a tenth of what you know about Greta Gerwig, but I feel like um, a lot of directors wouldn't care to include all of that happening in the background and would just think of it as like distracting. Hmm. But I feel like this movie is so much and so huge and big and splashy that you can have all of that in the background. And it's just like, it's like being a little girl and playing with dolls because you're like, okay, so these two are like on a date and they're like going to have a nice night and you push the car away from you and you start playing in the house and they're on a date still and they're like doing their own thing and like whatever, you're not worried about it, but that's what's happening in the background and you're playing in Barbie's house and like you're doing stuff with Barbie and Ken. And it's just so funny because that is exactly how you play with dolls. It's like you're like, move around and you jump around like that and you get to see all these like background things and I just think that it's like so cool that that's something that they thought about for this movie does that make any sense it does yeah <laughs> like <laughs> I oddly enough this is making me want to watch it again because my first watch anytime was disappointing <laughs> oh. because I had like we talked about all those expectations so now that I know what it is I feel like I could appreciate the craft of the filmmaking more. Yeah. And I don't think that's a thing that she's particularly known for as much as she is um, privileged, but then disillusioned 20-somethings coming to terms with something (laughs) and perhaps getting a new appreciation for their mothers. 
Yeah. That seems to happen a good bit in her movies. And that totally happens in this that's movie. Here but, too. Yeah. That, but uh, the background stuff, not as much. Um, I will watch this movie with you anytime. <laughs> oh, I bet you will. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I think this is like an important film. I think it was great. And I think that everyone should see it. I think uh, we should watch it in a different context because I was watching it somewhat critically, of course, yeah, because of course, we're going to do course, it for this we're podcast. Doing, we're going to talk We about need to it have like a fun pizza party time and watch it yeah that's i, I think. agree i agree then a lot of the messaging is just like yeah and you agree with it and you don't uh, dissect it like we have been yeah absolutely but you know who we really have to address now who all the angry men <laughs> yeah what? so let's talk about <laughs> uh criticisms of this which i of course think are unfounded but I, I want to talk about it because people are like just to be feminist doesn't mean you have to be anti-man Ugh. And my first instinct is like, shut up. Yeah. That ugh was just like totally gut reaction too. It wasn't even me like trying to do audio for the podcast. It was mostly just me being like, this is my visceral reaction to that. But a uh, maybe a better way than just telling them to shut up is what can we get from this movie that uh, proves them wrong? Yeah. So I would say that this movie is still quite sympathetic to men who are caught up in in the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Ken is an example of someone who can um, feel forced into things that we now attribute to the patriarchy, the patriarchy or yeah. toxic, toxic masculinity, any of the buzzwords, which this movie, again, my criticism is, is that they often treat them just as buzzwords yeah. without going into it. But, you know, it's a... Only a two-hour movie about a doll. You can only do so much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but this movie, I think, is sympathetic to them. And in fact, there's um, you kind of get the isolation that Ken is experiencing. And I think that speaks to a lot of those kind of like, I don't know what you call all those kind of guys. Guys that watch Taxi Driver and American Psycho, which I love both of them. I was going to say, you love both of those movies. But people think those are movies about heroes. Oh, yeah. That's the difference in us. (laughs) Those types of people feel this isolation, just like Ken was feeling when he goes to the real world. And he grasps onto anything that gives him a sense of of well-being, of of power. Mm, Yeah. And I think this movie is sympathetic to that type of person. And it shows them... Not only the pitfalls of doing that, but also possible solutions to getting out of that way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I was going to say, but there was one thing that I did, two things I took issue with. And I don't want to be like, I'm a man. I'm angry when they talk about man bad. But (laughs) they have all of this journey that Ken is on. And he gets a lot more time than I was expecting. Yeah. And he gets a lot more development than I was expecting as well. And I loved his journey at the end of being being Kenuf. Mm-hmm. That, was... that sweatshirt yeah. is everywhere. Oh, oh, I know. I, that I've seen. Everywhere. I've seen physical things of this movie, even though I hadn't like watched any of it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I liked that journey for him. But then at the end, they have these speeches about this reconciliation that they're reaching in Barbie land yeah. now. And it's beautiful and everyone is on a high point of of self-realization and self-actualization. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes, great. 
And then they threw on this little joke at the end of like, can we have a Supreme Court justice? Like, yeah, if you're lucky, you're not going to get that. You're going to get something much lower. And maybe one day you'll have as much power as women do in the real world. And I was like, whoa, that was, why, why would they put that in there? I felt like that was a commentary on them knowing that they'd glossed over some stuff and that some of the commentary that they were making wasn't exactly accurate. And I felt like that was them being like, yeah, we we know what it's like for women in the real world right now. And here's our like little statement on it. I don't know. I felt like it was kind of a weird thing to end the movie on. Yeah, because we are in an idyllic world that can be of their own creation. Mm -hmm. And the thing they choose is less equality. Yeah. Which is a weird takeaway, especially after the speeches and the journey that both of the two main characters went on. Yeah. Seems like an odd place to end. Yeah. That was, I I assume it was for the sake of that one joke, but I don't think it was worth it. Because then you're like, yeah, it's true. Women don't like have (laughs) a fair shot in, in our real world. Absolutely. But isn't their goal to be better than our real world? Yes. And so I, that was just a, it was a little throwaway joke, but it does, it was the odd. wrong way at the end. It was yeah. an odd thing to end on after that feel good moment that we had with both of them. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you. That's definitely something. Um, I just also wanted to like talk about how funny um, when they're like deprogramming the Barbies mm-hmm. um, and Ken says, I'm going to sing at you. Sing at you. Oh, I love that. With a guitar and make really uncomfortable eye contact. As someone who has had a boy do this in high school to her, it's so awkward. And I could just like viscerally feel that. And I'm like, oh, man. And you like act like, oh, it's such a nice thing that he's like singing me a song. And you're just like, can I look anywhere other than at you, please? And I just felt this moment of like all of the Kens singing at these Barbies. And like, oh, it was just, it was one of my favorite moments for sure. Me too. I don't know if I've told you, but I have a very specific hatred for that. I um, had (laughs) a big (laughs) birthday party when I lived in dorms and a guy came in with his guitar and I was just like, nope. He's like, but I'm going to sing some songs. And I said, no. No, no, you You can come back when you don't have a guitar. And I wouldn't let him. I wouldn't let him in the party Good because I knew you. what was going to happen. Good for And then you. I was camping with a bunch of friends and a friend pulled out. I, my friend's boyfriend brought his guitar and it's like, oh, no, no, thanks. We're good. <laughs> and he's like, oh, but I'll sing like around the campfire. And I said, no, you will not. <laughs> and that's when I'm at my meanest is when someone tries to bring out a guitar in a social situation because you know what? It's not about you. You're not putting on a performance. Uh, As someone who was like too polite to stop it in the moment, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for stopping people from bringing guitars into situations where you will be sung at. I don't want to hear your three chord version of Wonderwall. Oh, I'm good. God. It was Wonderwall too. <laughs> it always is. <laughs> it's always Wonderwall. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, uh, it was awkward and embarrassing. And to this day, it makes me feel uncomfortable when I think about it. And I just thought this was such a funny thing for them to include because I know that this is like an epidemic. Like yes. there's boys all over the world, men all over the world who think that this is like the ideal standard of showing someone that you're into them. Here's here's what I will tell all of you if you think you're going to do that. You can have a guitar, and if someone says, oh, play me something, then you may. Yes. You cannot start playing. 
you cannot even say, oh, can I play you something? Yeah. Because polite people will just say yes. Of course. Yeah, no. And I was too polite then to like be like, um, maybe we don't do this on the front lawn where everyone is sitting eating lunch. Oh, and so like, awkward. I have to sit here and act delighted for four minutes or whatever. However long Wonderwall is <laughs> too long. Um, while you do this. And then have to like answer questions for the rest of the day in all of my classes of like, are you guys dating? Did he like tell you he likes you? Like of all that like awkward high school shit. And it's just like you just made my next like 42 to 78 hours like so bad. (laughs) Not to mention those terrible four minutes. Yeah. Also that. But yeah, I sorry, I went off on a tangent there. But oh, I just thought that was such a good thing to include in this movie because that is such a thing that guys are like, I can sing this one song and this girl is gonna fall in love with me because I can sing this one song. Samantha, <laughs> we are married, been together for a while. <laughs> yes. Have I ever played guitar for you? No. I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah. There was a, a small time during the pandemic when you were playing guitars because you could all, hear me playing. I it could over hear there. you playing it. You played it in different rooms, and I just like you know it was during the pandemic when you were trying to like give your partner space so you didn't end up hating each other. Yeah, so I just <laughs> go and like hang out with my guitar because I had time to do that. Yeah, and I you know was also trying to do um, hobbies that I had never done before <laughs> because we were all bored and stuck in a condo. And uh, yeah, you have never done that for me. And that is why I married you. Until now. Oh, Ready? No. One, two, three. Just kidding. I don't have a guitar with me. Do we even have guitars in the house? Uh, yeah, I have my electric downstairs. Oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's long, get back on long tangent. <laughs> so back to, can you guess the one other thing of this movie that I would take issue with that I was personally offended by besides the lack of brown people? <laughs> uh, no, I can't. When I said I hadn't seen this movie, people would be like, why, you're just waiting for another Godfather movie or something? And I was like, why would that be? Because like men liking the Godfather has become a thing of like, oh, that's what a man thing to do. Oh, I know but exactly what you're saying. But it's a good movie. Yeah, of course, of course. It's so I, I, when they did the bit about the Snyder cut, like, yeah, that's that's a dude <laughs> yeah. bro movie. Uh, the Zack Snyder cut of what? Justice League. Justice League. That's oh, it's right. so shitty. It's, uh-huh. it's, I'm not gonna okay, get into yeah, that. No, People are gonna be angry. I assumed it was shitty. Um, you're talking about can we you start it over again and just talk through the? Well, whole see, thing. that's funny. I thought that's that like was a, funny. But the but liking the Godfather, I take issue with because it's brilliant. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's as good as Barbie. That's how good it is. Okay. That's I just think good. that it was a commentary on like like you were saying those those type of men. Who, oh no, I get who it, think yeah. like Taxi Driver and like American Psycho, American Psycho are about heroes, Joker, and they're gonna tell you about it and they're gonna tell you why it's good. I'm just saying there's uh and they're not gonna let you watch the movie. Funnier movies to use for that joke. Okay, I'm not actually offended, but no, no, no. but I just thought it was. I thought Snyder that was funny Cut. Too. That's a good reference. Yeah, for that. yeah, I. Uh, I felt like there were some really good, like, just single line jokes that were yeah. <laughs> just gold. Just gold. And I think we should probably try to wrap up eventually. Uh, has but it been three hours yet? <laughs> to uh, to bring that back, I wish that they had allowed more of the message of the movie to live in those moments, especially those moments that are comedy driven, because they were getting a lot of the same messages through in that like in the way the kens were acting 
that conveys more of the problems of the patriarchy uh-huh. than the speeches often did. Not all of them. There's some very good speeches. Yeah. But in a movie, I feel like you should use the full spectrum of what is capable in a movie. Mm-hmm. And that is things like like all of that comedy. That was teaching us a lot and letting us laugh along the way. Mm-hmm. While some of the other points are making very good points, but they definitely seemed much more heavy-handed. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Thank you for like watching this movie semi-critically and bringing up things that like... So let me explain Barbie let me to you. explain Barbie Okay, let's watch you. it again. I'm going to talk through the whole thing yeah, and tell you, you what's could, wrong with and it. And then if you could get your guitar out and sing to me <laughs> in a very public place... So that then I have to like answer questions about it <laughs> after. Do you want to just go through a few little bits you liked? Yeah. I feel like we're wrapping up, but there's little notes I'm sure you have. Favorite part, the dance off scene. Mm. I also really liked the precursor to that. Um, when everything's still idyllic in Barbie land and they're talking about beaching each other off. Oh, see, I, I thought that was it. super funny. I did at first, and then it was another joke that it was too long. It lasted a long time. Yeah, I can it see that. A long time. I can see that. Um, I did think it was very funny though, because you're supposed to believe that the Barbies are so not like simple minded, but like they don't have complex thought. Yeah, because Barbie's never wanted for anything. She's never wished for anything. She's never needed anything. She's Barbie, and I just thought it was super funny. The like use of beach off as like like a is that a double entendre an entendre that is double, <laughs> um and I just thought that I thought that was super funny because you don't you know that they don't understand what they're saying as well as it being just like super funny that they're saying it so I thought that was great. Um, did you have a a moment? I liked how Ken going into the real world and getting inspired and empowered was kind of a dark mirror to what young girls ideally are taking away from the Barbie dolls with all the different professions. Yes. Yeah. I like that Barbie doesn't have a romantic love interest, despite the fact that we know of the couple. Of Ken. Yeah. Barbie and Ken. Barbie's boyfriend, Ken. Yeah, I liked that too. And I liked that at the end, she was like, you need to figure out who you are without me mm-hmm. like it's not it's not me it's not barbie and ken it's barbie and it's ken and i i like i liked that takeaway of like just because historically it's been barbie and ken it doesn't mean that that's the way it needs to be and i i liked that and i feel like younger people like children watching this movie are gonna get a good reading out of that as well and then it doesn't need to be we're playing wedding. We're playing boyfriend, girlfriend. We're playing mm-hmm. like like heteronormative couple. Um, I, I liked that message as well. It seems like there's not a lot of room in this movie for metaphor because they outright say things so mm-hmm. often. But I think one that is a little more under the radar is that this movie and Barbie's journey is a metaphor for growing up. And that this realization of the misogyny of the outside world is a really unfortunate part of going from being a girl to a woman. Yeah. And that is her journey more than being, um, I guess her journey is clearly going from fake Barbie. Barbie, A doll. Yeah. A doll to a real person. Yeah. But we are still getting that 
mother daughter mm-hmm. with both of the the two pairs so her journey is that of a girl growing up and yeah. i liked that a lot i i think that's another one that could be maybe it was hit hard enough and i just didn't notice it because i'm only thinking of it a little bit after the fact yeah, but absolutely. i liked that idea not a lot yeah i um i liked the transition from barbie land to the real world because it like you said it does talk about like growing up and there's just one day as like a young girl you realize that like all of this stuff kind of (laughs) sucks and there's like a lot of stuff stacked against you and it's not as idyllic as childhood was and you kind of come to this really hard realization that like this is this is your life have fun (laughs) and it's just it's true it's the truth in it and I agree. And I like that it culminates with her going to the gynecologist, yes. right? Which is a, a great symbol of becoming a becoming woman. Becoming a woman. And I also liked in the beginning uh, when they get there and she's like, I just want you to know I don't have a vagina. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> And thing. Ken's like, I have all the genitals. All the genitals. All of them. <laughs> like skates away. <laughs> it's, like, uh. it's a good sign that like the real world is sinking in on Ken and like, patriarchy and like Mm -hmm. go men that kind of mentality was like really setting in for him and uh that she was still like not quite getting it and i i think that that was a really good like way of talking about yeah one day you just realize what the real world's like as a girl all done any last thoughts or are we kind of good to go i just wish there were more choreographed dance parties in life in life me too i i mean i've I've kind of put myself in a sport that has choreographed dances so like i feel like i've gotten as close to that as i possibly could but i uh i i kind of wish that we got together and wore sparkly outfits and did like full 10 minute dances i'll do it together oh i know you will i know you will (laughs) <laughs> we better start practicing. Okay, great. I don't know if I have anything to wrap up on. I kind of said my biggest takeaway is that, like, yes, this movie doesn't solve everything no. or provide solutions, but being a big budget movie that is seen by so many that it's bringing these questions and these ideas to the forefront, yeah. that's a victory. Is it a, a perfect movie that does everything to all people no no movie is despite what everyone keeps telling me but it's still good it's still worthwhile and i just hope that the takeaway from this movie is that yes you can be overtly feminist although did you hear the mattel people like this is not a feminist movie stop calling it that yeah fucking mattel it's like just just cash your checks and be happy don't be dicks about it cash your checks like you made so much money off of this movie and it's just like just stop just let it be what it is for people without ruining it and also it clearly is i don't know what you're watching so clearly um but what i was saying is i (laughs) hope the takeaway from this is that you can make an overtly feminist movie and be very profitable so then people will make more movies like this but my fear is instead they are going to just make more toy-based movies yeah i think that will more likely happen it's like when frozen did so well i was like see you can have uh, a a movie with two princesses have it be about the sisterhood bond it doesn't have to be about all of the romances always yeah. so surely disney's going to learn and do a bunch of those no not really no they're going to go back to the old classic frozen 2 here we go yeah. 
Well, at least that has the the two princess formula. Yes. But again, they. I'm not talking anyway, about other movies. No. I'm just saying there's there's so many good things that when a movie like this or Frozen does so well, it's interesting to me how hard people will fight to say like, oh, it wasn't those things that made it successful. It's the fact that it's based on a toy. Mm-hmm. And now we'll have, I don't know, like a Polly Pocket movie instead. Oh, I'm sure there's already one in development. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my kind of final takeaway is just like, I I think it's rare when you have a movie that is so much fun while you're watching it as well as sticks with you after and just like I had all the emotions during this like every single one and I think that that is such a special thing to have been able to like produce and I think like I said I I am like the target demographic (laughs) like I think that this was like very much geared towards me so I I don't think that like everyone's gonna have that reading but I think that like everyone should be seen like this movie sees me I guess (laughs) I don't know I felt seen and I felt heard that feels that must be nice it is really nice (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) I don't get that so much I'm sorry (laughs) I just like I it just it was really nice to be seen it was really nice to like feel closer to my mom I guess I texted Mm. her while we were watching it I was like I love you um but I just feel like this is like it's an important movie without like being like everyone has to love it I I think it's an important movie and I think it did really good things for the people that it was aimed for I agree that's why I like it a lot (laughs) classic Sam answer (laughs) um yeah so hopefully we didn't anger anybody too much fuck them that's what i say wait it depends on which person i angered yeah i don't know i'm scared of those men who think that taxi driver is about heroes oh those ones i can say fuck them because i can i'll, I'll debate all day on taxi driver <laughs> no i'm just afraid of those people um but yeah i i think that everyone should see it and watch it with whatever lens you come with and i think i everyone should listen to our podcast too (laughs) (laughs) all right you heard her listen to our podcast and we'll be back again next week with some more childhood nostalgia i was gonna say do we do more nostalgic picks or do we do the movie uh men which is a horrific and disturbing movie that i think has the same eventual message as barbie Mm, no thanks <laughs> we'll see. Join we'll us next see. week and find out. Probably Bye, more. Probably just Ninja Turtles. Okay. That sounds great. All right. See you next week, everyone. Bye. It, it did. Because you demanded it. Because I said we're watching Barbie. Oh, I meant more like you, the listeners. Oh, I, 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 I thought I you, was the one demanding it. I guess in a sense, we both demand because we take turns yeah, picking movies. And you don't really have a say in what I pick. so. Although we kind of do. We kind of do. We do discuss <laughs> things before. It's very Sometimes. rare when a movie is actually like a secret. I think mine are secrets from you a lot. Because I'll just say, like, have you seen this movie? And you're like, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, great, we're watching it this week. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I also, like, don't take log of life as heavily as you do. So I often forget when we've talked about something. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And you are like, no, three years ago, you said this in this exact set of words. <laughs> but the good thing about that for me, because some people might think, like, oh, aren't you constantly frustrated because she forgets everything you say? No, because my material stays fresh. It does. One of, first of all. <laughs> and second, I can buy your Christmas gifts when you're around and you completely forget about it's it. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Andy bought me a purse this year and I apparently was in the like room when he bought it. So... I thought you were being nice and pretending not to notice no. when I was clearly buying something. No, there's also like a big shopping pavilion. At I a did fair. run very fast because I said I was going to the bathroom. Yes, and then I came back with the big bag that I wouldn't let you look in, so I thought you'd know. No. Oh, but um, we said I we're going to start you were just the podcast. Being nice. Like, oh, I'll get it for you. You don't have to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> don't look in my bag. It's a secret. <laughs> I'm glad that if I ever have secrets from you, you assume it's me being nice. Yeah. Turns out it was. It was. Yeah. It worked but, out uh, for me. But uh, let's actually talk about the movie. 